0: Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of seeing other people. So word on the street, and I know we all live on different streets, but word on my street is that you guys actually liked the solo episode, which made me feel really warm and fuzzy inside. So thank you for that positive feedback, but... Yeah, I was really nervous to do that. It's something I haven't done before, and I think it's one of those things where the longer you put it off, the scarier and scarier it becomes to actually do it, even if it's not that scary of a thing. It reminds me of this uh, meme that I saw yesterday. It was a tweet. When did tweets just become memes? It's really funny how that happened. Um, But it was... I'm sorry. I haven't replied to your email, but I glanced at it, vowed to deal with it later. And now the very thought of even opening it fills me with crippling dread. Um, that's kind of how I felt about doing a solo episode where it was just something I'd put off for so long. And the thought of even doing it, I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, I don't know how to do this. I have never done this. I'm never going to do it. And it was like, actually not that big of a deal. It was kind of like what I do most of the time, just talking to myself a little bit more and trying to be a, maybe a little more structured because there wasn't anyone to ask me questions. So we're back with solo episode number two. I posted an AMA last Friday on the Instagram story. Reminder, if you're not following seeing other people on Instagram, what are you doing? Go follow seeing other people Instagram. Um, reminder number two, if you're not following at on TikTok, what are you doing? Go follow Done on TikTok. Uh, and reminder number three if you have not yet given a five star rating and review on whatever platform you're on if you're on Spotify all you have to do is scroll up to the top of the show page and just tap the five star button that is all you have to do if you're on the Apple podcast app I would love 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 and it would like make me so whole and happy if you could give a five star rating and actually leave a quick review it could just be like one sentence something you learned from the episode something you like about it just the fact that you like it or listen to it at all whatever you want it would mean the World. Again, also, as many of you that can send these episodes to friends or just tell friends about the podcast, that all goes such a long way, especially as I am transitioning into doing seeing other people full time, which is really also something scary and very exciting at the same time. Um, but yeah, I'm doing a lot of work behind the scenes to really make this show what it is. And so again, can't thank you enough for listening. The show is really for you guys. So thank you to everyone who sent in questions and another reminder, don't forget. You can always email seeing other people, podcast at gmail.com with a question that you have, or if you have something you want to talk about on the podcast, if you have been through something and you think that somebody would benefit from hearing your story hearing how you got through something in your life, in your dating life, in a relationship, going through a breakup, whatever it is, that is what I want to hear. That is why I do unfiltered it's the heart of this podcast. So email me those pitches. You can also DM it to me. I'll probably just send you to my email and we will go from there. If you have dating anxiety, I have a very important message for you. So listen up, you know, me, You've heard me talk about my dating anxiety on seeing other people. And at some point, I actually overcame it. I stopped being obsessive about checking my phone every five seconds to see if my date had texted me yet. I stopped overthinking and self sabotaging and really creating stories in my head about what happened on the date when in reality, the date was great and I was going to hear from them again. And the clear change happened when I started taking a CBD happy gummy before my date and a CBD calm gummy after my date. And these are all from mindset, wellness, CBD, mindset, wellness, literally changed my dating life. I totally think that they are the reason that I am in a relationship now that is healthy and I'm happy. And it really helped me calm myself down and get out of my head and be present on the date, be happy, be my best self on the date. And then after the date, not overthink, not go crazy and not drive myself insane thinking about all of these things that were out of my control that I was probably making up and that really had nothing to do with anything. So if you have dating anxiety and you haven't tried taking Mindset Wellness CBDs gummies before and after your date, trust me, they are a complete game changer. You have to try them. I have a 20% off code for you. If you go to mindsetwellness.com, use code seeing other people at checkout, that's 20% off and free shipping and get rid of your dating anxiety. So you have no excuse. You have to go do it. And I can't wait to hear how much it helps updates on my wrist because actually a lot of people asked about that in the AMA so I'm in a cast for 6 weeks. I am really proud of myself because I went and branched out and I usually do black everything because I just wear black. I actually got hot pink velcro straps for this. I had to choose a color. It was like very generic colors of the rainbow and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to be bold and I'm going to choose hot pink." And I did get a backup set of black Velcro straps. And you know what? It has been five days and I have not yet changed to the black. And I'm really proud of myself. It just kind of makes me happy. Like it brightens up my outfit. It brightens up my mood. Granted, I'm literally wearing like a white shirt with black on it and gray leggings right now. So nothing else is hot pink. But I think it helps. I think it helps my overall vibe and it just it's fun. It's nice. People are like, whoa. Um, so that's what happened to my wrist. Oh. No, but actually happened, nothing specifically happened, which is kind of frustrating because we don't know the cause of it. But I have some torn ligaments. I have a tendon issue. Um, I've always had or not always, but I've known for a while that I have carpal tunnel on both my wrists. I also have tendinitis in my right thumb. Now I have all these other issues on it. So in a cast for six weeks, really not fun, really difficult to type, to text, to do anything that I usually do and in a lot of pain. But that is a part of life and it could be worse somebody asked how old I am. I am 27 years old. Uh, I'm just answering the the spitfire quick questions here just to set the stage. Um, Okay, one question I have is how can I be less nervous about going on first dates? This is something that I'm actually really glad that this question was asked. I think people approach dates in the completely wrong way. People get so worked up about dates, especially first dates, because they're like, oh my God, I need to impress this person. I need to have a good time. I mean, we need to make sure that they have a good time. I need to be my best self. I need to say everything the right way. Like, no, no. That's not how you ever want to walk in to a date because you are putting so much pressure on yourself. How can you ever live up to those standards that you're setting for yourself if those are the expectations? And also, if you are trying so hard to be your best self, to laugh, to make them laugh, to perform on this date, you're not being yourself and you're not relaxed. You're not getting, letting this person get to know who you really are. You're letting this person get to know who you want to try and be. And that's not a recipe for success. I think we put way too much pressure on dates. I think we set the expectations like sky high for us and for them when really all we should be doing is looking to have a good time. I think we need to reframe how we approach first dates. We need to approach a first date saying, I hope I have a good time tonight and I hope I learned something. And if either of those things happen, it is a win. If you learn something about yourself, about somebody else, about human connection, about whatever it is they do for a living, about a new food that you like, a new drink that you like, a new part of your city you haven't been to, that is a win. You are walking away from the state having gained something, having learned something. If you walk away from the state also having a good time, that's great. And if you walk away from the state having the desire to see this person again, that is is a huge bonus, but you can't go into dates thinking you have to have the best time ever. You have to impress them. You have to feel that connection. You have to have the sparks fly. Like you're never going to live up to any of that. You're never going to, no date is ever going to live up to that because that's not how life works. And connections like that, don't just happen all the time left and right on every date. And if they do, it's also not always a sign that's going to go somewhere. Like the number of first dates I went on where I came home and said, Oh my God, I'm in love. This is the person I'm going to marry. Those situations all crashed and burned because that wasn't a healthy start. Like you shouldn't feel that electricity with people. And it's a really big misconception that you should. So love that question. Thank you to whoever asked that question. There's another similar question. What makes a good date? And yes, this is similar, but I actually think the answer is very different. What makes a good date is that you're in a situation, you're in a setting where you feel comfortable, where you can be yourself, where you can ask them questions and get to know things about them, get to learn things about them. And they can ask you questions and you can feel comfortable enough to let them see different sides of you. I think that is what makes a good date. You know, you don't want to be on a date where it's a first date or a second date and you're watching a movie or a TV show because you're not getting to talk. You're not getting to converse. You know, I went on a a first date with somebody and over text, like there was definitely a connection there and I was really excited and we get to the date and we ordered food and then he was like, should we watch something while we wait for the food? And I was like, okay. And we ended up watching some random show And it was like 25 minute episodes. So I assumed that after the first episode, we would stop watching, you know, we would start conversing and getting to know each other. And I thought that was a given. So I didn't say anything as the first episode ended. And he let the second episode start playing. And I was like, wait a second, what? Like, okay. And at some point our food came and he did not stop. Like we would like have little bitty side convos about what was happening on the show. But we just kept watching the show. And at the end of every episode, I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's no way this guy's going to like, let another one play. You guys, we watched five episodes of this show. Five on a first date. I left the date knowing absolutely fucking nothing about this man. It was so confusing. He walked me to the elevator. He kissed me goodnight. I was like, I don't even understand why he's giving me a kiss right now. Like, this is the weirdest thing in the world. Like, this is a complete stranger. I've never known less about somebody after a date. And it just goes to show, like, you can't be watching something. Like, even if it's, like, a Broadway show, like, that's not a good first date activity, unless you're getting drinks or dinner first and then seeing the show. But again, that feels like way too much for a first date. I think a first date, you want to be somewhere where there is some distraction. There's the menu, there's the drinks that you're ordering, there are the coffee that you're ordering, or you're going for a walk. So you can people watch, you're sitting on a bench, you're sitting in a park. There's other things that are going on around you to also talk about, but there is room for conversation. You know, the date is not about something else. It's about you two getting to know each other. So I think that's what makes a good date. And again, I think a good date is based on how you feel. Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel confident like you can be yourself I think if you can walk away from a date thinking like wow I wasn't really in my head that whole time I actually like the time flew by I laughed like they laughed like we had good conversation like that's a good date and that's like there isn't much more you should be striving to get out of a first date like I said like those fireworks aren't really a good thing um and usually it's a sign that there's something else going on that is not a good thing there Next question. I ended a situationship after a year. It's been a year and a half of no contact. Is it worth a hey text? No, it is not worth a hey-like text. I think that, first of all, no situationship should go on for a year. Absolutely not. I think that's really frustrating. That was probably painful and confusing for both people involved. And I think if you spent a year together and you weren't able to figure out where this was going or you weren't able to decide if this was going somewhere then sending a hey text is just going to get you right back into that situation ship unless unless it's been a lot it's been a year and a half of no contact and you have not stopped thinking about this person you wish you had defined the relationship you wish you had given it more of an effort and given it your all and and allowed it to become what you thought it could become then maybe sure But I would say a year and a half of no contact really feels like a breakup. And I would think about what is different in your life, what could possibly be different in their life that would allow this situation to actually work this time where it didn't work for some reason before. Have the circumstances that held you back from having it progress into a serious relationship, have those circumstances changed? And are you now in a place to make that happen are they potentially in a place to make that happen do you think based on what you know about them if if you're social media if you have friends who know them um i think i would definitely proceed with caution if you do send that hey text but really only send that hey text if you are like 100 sure that you would really want to make it work otherwise you could really be opening old wounds and like refilling them with salt for yourself or for the other person cool Next question is, can you be friends with your ex if you ended on good terms and they moved to another country? I mean, I guess, though I don't really see the point. If you ended on good terms, great, that's amazing, congratulations, that's a win. If your ex moved to another country after you guys broke up and ended on good terms, I almost just don't see the point. Like, you're basically just going to create this, like, pen pal ship where maybe you're going to, like, have these deep heart-to-hearts occasionally once a month once every other month catching up and you know I think it might bring up some old feelings I if you think that you can be friends with your ex knowing you knowing your ex if you guys think that you can be just friends and that being just friends and and this friendship this transcontinental I am assuming though it could be same continent different country relationship sorry friendship not relationship is worth it to you then sure again, proceed with caution. I personally am not somebody who can be friends with an ex. I've tried with every single one of my exes. It has gone up in flames. It has ruined any potential opportunity of things ending on good terms. It turned things that ended up on good terms into ending up on like absolutely horrifying terms. So that is me personally. This is very much like uh, an individual specific situation specific um, type of thing. I know very few people who can successfully be friends with their ex. But again, like, I don't know, I just don't really see the point. Like if it, it ended, they they moved, like, what, what are you really going for here? Just someone to talk to? Like, no, you want to find someone new to talk to who could be a potential next partner who you could actually build a relationship with. It also, again, it can, it can definitely raise some red flags for somebody new if they find out that you are still friends with your ex. That's something that does scare people. It scares people like me who have not been able to be friends with their exes. And every, time they've tried, it was because there were still feelings involved. So again, consider, is it worth it? If I do want to meet somebody new, if I want to end up in another relationship and I'm walking in saying I'm friends with my ex and they might not be okay with that. You know, that's something to consider too. This next one is pretty interesting. Okay. Somebody said a guy broke up with his girlfriend six months ago, but still keeps framed photos of them in his house. Is this a red flag? Yes. That is a red flag. That is weird. That makes no sense. Um, Obviously, this person claims to be moving on if they're seeing you or going on dates with you or somehow you know about this and you're asking about it. Clearly, there's some thing happening here with you and them. Um, It is very odd that they still keep photos, framed photos of him and his ex-girlfriend in his house. I would definitely be concerned. But you know what? it's something worth mentioning. Who knows? Like, no, no, you know what? No, ask, look, ask the question, but be very cautious with whatever they answer. And and in your decision to continue pursuing this person or not. Um, I think having framed photos in, in his house is like a huge sign that either like in the back of his mind, he doesn't want to move on or he hasn't moved on or he still really cares about this person. Um, I think that is super weird for, this per- for him to be going on dates um, or even like beyond dating apps if he sells framed photos of his ex. I will really wonder if his ex knows and what they would think about this. Um, yeah, look, it's worth asking a question, uh, but I do definitely think it's a red flag worth uh, paying attention to, for sure. All right, somebody said, I don't hear from him if I don't text him or FaceTime him. Should I keep trying or should I let it go? I know a lot of people would say, let it go. And that's probably the right answer. But I do think it's always worth trying to let them know and say, I feel like I'm always initiating the conversations, I would love to like, hear from you every once in a while, or I'd love if you would give me a call someday, like FaceTime me one night, just so I know that, like, we're both putting in the effort here, and see what they do with that. If they think that's weird, or if they say no, or if they try and get defensive that they don't text you, or if they just like, say they hear you and then don't change their actions, then let it go. But I do think it's always worth bringing it up one time trying to be adults about it trying to have that mature conversation. Because you never know what the person's going to say, you never know how they're going to receive it. Like maybe you're going to see a different side of them that you didn't know before. Maybe they're going to handle it really well. And they'll show you that they are actually interested, and they do want to pursue this, and they do want to see it through. But they didn't realize that this was the case, or maybe it, they will tell you that they're actually like really not looking for anything right now, and um, they don't really have any more of them to give or or more effort to make in the situation. But yeah, it's probably where it's probably a, a let it go situation. If I had to guess. But again, I don't have all the facts, and I do think that everything, and especially situations like this, it's worth the conversation. Okay, next one. So I told someone how I felt, and they never responded or got in touch. Have I been essentially ghosted? Well, first of all, I'm proud of you for telling someone how you felt. I know that can be scary. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage, and I'm really sorry that this is the case, because I do think, unfortunately, that, yeah, you have been ghosted, or this person, yeah, this person decided to not let you know how they feel back. Um, I think if they felt the same way, you definitely would have heard back from them, uh, probably very quickly too. Um, it's really unfortunate because when somebody actually like puts their heart on their sleeve and and really does communicate like to get nothing back, just tell somebody like, don't, do this again, you know it, it. Like the my biggest fear, if you're listening to this, is that like you're now going to be afraid to tell somebody how you feel because of the situation. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anyone because it's a beautiful thing to have feelings, and it's such a powerful thing to be able to communicate those feelings and tell somebody how you're feeling. And you know, unfortunately in dating and in the way modern dating is, it's so easy for people to get shut down by someone and for people to hear something and not communicate back and and brush it off and pretend it never happened or just disappear into thin air. And it's really terrible. Honestly, it's really cruel. Um, especially when someone's really like pushing themselves to open up. So I'm really sorry that happened. I do think that you've been ghosted again. I don't know how long, um, it was since you told them this, but yeah. And, and uh, even if it, look, if it was even like a few days, like you want somebody who's going to hear, like who you're going to tell that you tell them you have feelings for them. And they're going to say like, thank you for letting me know. I feel the same way. Or even thank you so much for letting me know. I really appreciate hearing that. But unfortunately I don't feel the same way. Anything less than that is so disrespectful and immature. And I, I, I hope you're doing okay, Um, but this person isn't somebody that it ever would have worked out with anyway, and that's kind of the best I can say. Um, Next question, do you believe in astrology? Okay, so hot take, and I don't want anybody to come for me for this, but I do not. I feel like astrology is something that people really dive into because they want to believe in something. I kind of think of it the way people become really into their religion because they want to give meaning to everything that happens. They want to know that everything happened for a specific reason, that there was a God or some Lord or figure out there that is guiding all of these things happening in their life. That is personally how I view astrology, almost like another religion. Um, That being said, yes, I have sometimes heard about like the science behind things and that there is actually science behind things and things have been proven. But for me, I don't know. I also think like social media has kind of fueled my desire to not believe in it. Because look, like I've run social media for accounts before for big brands. And I have a lot of friends who have done the same and, and we've all been behind the like, what your astrological sign says about you in your sex life, what your like astrological sign says you should have for dinner tonight. And like, if you should text your crush based on your astrological sign, like all of those posts and like, it's literally just all made up. And it's like usually like an intern or a social media coordinator sitting there just like making up random things and then just like putting them in order based on like what they want their friends to laugh at or just even like fully randomizing it. So I think that's a huge part of the reason why I don't believe in it, but I don't know. I think for me, it's, it's hard to get me to believe in things. I grew up Jewish and you know, I had a bat mitzvah, I've celebrated Shabbat with my family, but and like I do all the holidays and stuff. Um, But I personally and I hope my parents aren't listening because they might get really upset with me. I don't know what I believe in. I love being Jewish because of the traditions because of the community aspect. But the actual religious aspect of it, I don't I don't think I believe in it. Um, and I, again, like this is me personally. I don't want to offend anyone who's listening. Um, I totally support what everybody does believe in, but for me personally, it's not something that ever really, I, I, I ever really connected with. And, part of me does wish that I did because I see how beautiful it is for so many other people. And and part of me is envious of that connection that some people have with their religions and, and with Judaism specifically. But for me, it's not something that ever connected. But that being said, I really do like wholeheartedly love the traditions, um, the the time spent with family during specific holidays. You know, Passover is coming up, so I'm flying back to Florida where my parents are to be with them and to be with my cousins. And I love how it brings people together. I love the community aspect of it. Um, again, this was the question was about astrology. Now we're talking about my relationship with Judaism. But yeah, um, that being said, no, I do not believe in astrology. I'm happy for people who do. I think it's great to believe in something I really do. I think that's really special and really unique and really powerful. Um, but for me, I, I do kind of view astrology as one of those things that people believe in because they want to give meaning to the things that happen in their life. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I think that everyone's different and everyone has different reasons for things. All right, we got another question. Do I send a message after a week of texting and then ghosted? She was interested. Yeah, I mean, you have nothing to lose by sending a follow-up text. Like, I don't know how the conversation ended. I don't know if you had like asked the question or if it just dropped off or if it was late at night and somebody fell asleep and maybe she fell asleep and was waiting to hear from you again or waiting to see if you were going to follow up again. Who knows? Whatever the reason, doesn't matter. I think you should always give it another try. You have nothing to lose at the same time, don't have high expectations. And if you don't hear back, then it's time to close the book or close the chapter, move on to the next. And no, again, like I said before, the person who is going to ghost you and isn't going to communicate how they feel or how they don't feel, that's not a person that any type of relationship was ever going to go anywhere with. They're not, they're not there yet. They're not emotionally mature enough. They're not ready for that. So again, that's something where if if you do send that other text and you do get ghost, continue to get ghosted, you don't hear from her like, shrug it off, onto the next, like you're better than that. Shake it off. All right. Next is is it okay when a guy tells you he likes you and wants to enjoy you, but he's still active on the dating app. I think until somebody says that they want to be exclusive, that they don't want to see other people, that they don't want you to see other people, it's okay because you have not defined anything. There are no expectations beyond you guys like each other or one of you likes the other and wants to continue spending time together. So while it sucks to see that somebody's still active on a dating app while you're seeing them, while it really sucks to see that they updated a profile picture or updated a prompt on their, their Hinge profile or updated their bio on Bumble, yeah, it sucks and it hurts, but it reminds you that you have to communicate. If you are looking for something serious, if you want to get to a point where you're not seeing other people, they're not seeing other people, that's something that's only going to come if you talk about it. And if you bring it up and if you express where you feel you're at right now and where you want it to go. So no, I mean, it's not a good sign or a bad sign. It's just a sign of, The truth of the situation that you're in right now. So I think if you are upset about it, then that's something that you should say. Yeah, I like you too. And I want to keep spending time with you. I do feel like I'm at a point where I don't want to see other people. And I really want to explore this and give it my all. What about you? How do you feel? And see what they say, see what they're feeling and go from there. As much as we want people to go on one date with us, and then not go on dates with other people until we see this thing through. Like that's not the reality of modern dating. And look, I, there's also the reality where maybe they're not going on other dates with people, but they took a great picture and those are hard to come by. And they updated their profile because that's what they wanted to do. I mean, I remember when I was on apps, I was always updating my profiles. I was always trying different things out. If I like thought maybe one picture wasn't performing that well, quote unquote, performing my social media background coming in there. Um, Yeah. If I thought a picture wasn't performing that well, I would swap it out for another and just keep experimenting like in my boredom while I'm sitting on the toilet, you know? So maybe it means nothing, but chances are, it just means like you said, or like I said, it's not yet defined and it's the situation that you're in. So explore that further and ask the questions you have to ask, say what you have to say in order to progress that to the next level that you want it to be at. If you do want that. All right. Two more questions says he's in a slump after dating for a couple of months. Am I supposed to wait or leave? All right, so you've been dating for a couple of months. He says he gets in a slump after dating someone for a couple of months. I I think he should ask. Do, does he want you to stay or leave? Does he want you to fight for it? Does he want you to to wait for him to get out of his slump to see that he can see it through? I think there is a point a few months into relationships or, or dating situations for a lot of people where they do get to this like crossroads where they're like, Oh no, like, I don't know what to do. They're not used to getting past that. They're used to, to feeling maybe a little bit of doubt or getting afraid and then kind of sitting in that fear, sitting in that doubt, and then not moving forward because they're afraid to take that risk or because they don't know what it feels like too. Um, so I do think being really really open and honest and and asking questions like don't push him but ask like does he want you to stay or does he want you to go I think putting the ball in his court is a good way to do it because it's his slump I think there are some people who will totally disagree with me on that and say like no like if they're in a slump like they shouldn't have any doubts like screw that I'm not waiting around for them but it's someone you care about I think it's like not that black and white And people get in slumps. Like who knows if it's about the situation you're in, if it's about the fact that you've been dating for a few months, or if it's about other things that are going on in his life or in the world in general. Like there is a war going on. We're all aware of that. I don't need to remind you of it, but that's definitely something that's been really hard on a lot of people. It's been really hard on me. Um, It's been even watching the plane crash this week. Oh my God, I hysterically cried at my desk for like an hour. It's so scary. There's so much scariness in the world that, that makes people, I think fearful of a lot of other things. Um, and who knows if that has anything to do with it, but I think it's always good to give people the benefit of the doubt at least once and give them the opportunity to communicate, to be honest, to be vulnerable and see what happens. But I say, don't just commit to saying, don't just commit to leaving. You definitely have to explore more and, and figure out what's really going on. And if there's potential for it to work out, you know, I think you might have to fight for it for a little bit. But if they want you to fight for it, if they're open to fighting for it with you, then it could be the beginning or the continuation of a really amazing thing and a really great connection that had you just listen to someone's advice of like, oh, you shouldn't have to fight for it. this early on or like, oh, if they're not totally in, then you're out like, no, that's not how life works. It's not. It's really not. All right, last question is the worst date I've ever been on. So, I unfortunately did not go on many terrible dates. And I say unfortunately because I get asked this question like at least once a week, and it sucks that I don't have an answer. I have been on dates where I felt like I was talking to a brick wall. I got very good at talking to a brick wall, hence what I'm doing here, basically talking to a wall. Um, I've been on dates where I really wanted them to end. I've been on dates where they've like, Kiss me like way 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 too soon or like very handsy very touchy I've been on dates that I felt really uncomfortable being there I felt really like pressured to do things that I didn't want to do that I was saying no to um I've been on a whole slew of not good dates and dates with not good people but the worst date I've ever been on I really unfortunately don't have an answer um but one story I do like to tell that sticks out in my mind is I was on a first date and we were talking about like, I don't know what we were talking about, like mental health stuff and like how the pandemic has really impacted people. And the topic of therapy came up. And and again, this is a first date we're like an hour into the date, not, not even. And the whole time I felt like this guy was psychoanalyzing me, even like the way we were sitting, like it was, it was deep COVID. So we were at my apartment and like, he was on a chair and I was on a couch and like, it was just like, it was a very weird, like sterile kind of situation. And somehow therapy comes up and he asked if I was in therapy. And I said like, yeah, I've been in therapy for a while. Like I haven't been going that much lately. Uh, I feel like I'm in like a really good place and there's just not much going on, not much to talk about. And he goes, well, yeah, you should really stay in therapy and probably start going more. You have a lot to work through. It seems like I was like, oh my God, excuse me. (laughs) Like I was so caught off guard. The fact that somebody thinks that that's like a fine or like, okay thing to say to somebody on a first date, like, absolutely fucking not get out of my apartment um he then proceeded to ask if I was going to talk about him on the podcast I said yeah I'm going to talk about a guy who told me I needed to stay in therapy on a first date who does that um and then he proceeded to text me a week later saying he was really surprised that I did not ask him for a second date So I file that date away as one of my worst dates or something pretty not great that happened on a date. So those were the questions from the Q&A. Thank you guys so much for sending those along. We talked about my wrist. We talked about ghosting. We talked about being friends with exes. We talked about situationships. We talked about my Judaism. Again, I really hope my parents don't listen to this. I think they'll be really disappointed. Um, Something new that I want to share and and kind of an exciting update is so the therapist I've been seeing for the last few years uh, is unfortunately no longer taking my insurance as of April 1st. So this was a really good push for me to find a different therapist. And I had my intake appointment today with this new therapist, and I actually really, really enjoyed it. I think this person is going to be a great fit for me. I think she can definitely like help push me and help me kind of dig deeper. And I used some of the, the skills that shrink chicks taught us on the episode about like how to find the right kind of therapist for you, what questions to ask. So thank you, Emily and Jennifer, for those tips. Don't forget to listen to that episode if you haven't yet. And yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Definitely keep sending in questions. The AMAs, I'll either always answer them on the story or in an episode like this. Let me know what format you like. Let me know what feedback you have for me. As always, I really do welcome feedback. Like I said, this podcast is for you guys. I do it for you. I do it to help us all feel a little less alone in this crazy dating world. And all I want is for it to help anyone out there feel more understood, more seen, a little less confused, a little less afraid of dating because dating really does suck, but it shouldn't have to. And that's what I'm trying to do here. Thanks again. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend, follow seeing other people on Instagram, follow Alana Dunn on TikTok and give a five-star rating and review. Amazing. I'll see you next time.